Welcome to the CyberLife Podcast, where we help you learn cybersecurity best practices, give you a weekly update on the latest cybersecurity news, and share valuable career advice. Hi everyone, it's Ken. In today's episode, you're going to hear from Kenneth Ellington. Kenneth is a cybersecurity professional that's dedicated to nurturing new cybersecurity talent, so helping organizations build out their talent pipeline. He's originally from Florida here in the United States, and now he's based in Dallas, Texas. And he's leveraged his unyielding drive to go from working at a deli counter, where he also was a guest on my television show a few years back, where we talked about his experience going from working in the deli, getting soup thrown at him, to becoming a cybersecurity professional. So Kenneth has gone from deli counter at a grocery store to landing a job with one of the big four as a senior cybersecurity consultant, all within a period of three years. So if he can do it, guess what? You can do it as well. He currently specializes in SIM, SOAR, and other endpoint security technology. And in his trainings that he does with his uh, side company, Kenneth brings the same energy and passion to students as they learn about different security solutions that and address real-world scenarios. So when you go through Kenneth's training program, shameless plug here, you're not going to just go get a bunch of theory. You're going to actually doing stuff that you would do on the job in the real world. In addition to all of that, Kenneth also teaches cyber infrastructure part-time for the University of Houston. He volunteers for organizations like uh, Blacks in Cybersecurity or BIC, and he also trains in boxing and kickboxing in his free time, so that way if a threat actor comes in person to Kenneth's organization, he can actually beat them up. So in today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about Kenneth's journey as an entrepreneur and some of the challenges he's faced. Because I speak with a number of cybersecurity professionals that as they get more experience in their career, they want to reach a hand back and try to help others and maybe start a side consultancy, side business, but they don't really understand how. So Kenneth's going to talk about some of the challenges that he's faced in starting his side business and share some of his wisdom around that. So without further ado, let's jump right in and learn from Kenneth. So thanks again for coming on the show, Kenneth. Really appreciate it. Uh, for those that don't know you, I gave a little intro so they know who you are, and they also know the story about the soup Nazi stuff when you used to work at a grocery store. So that being said, we're going to talk about starting a business today in, in the cybersecurity world. And so a lot of people, as they get further in their careers or they get tired of layoffs, they start to think about a couple of things. Number one, money, if they're not in a good financial situation, but also about giving back. They want to help. They want to they want to help others. And that's, I'd say 99% of the time with people in the cybersecurity world, that's why they reach out to me and they're starting a, a business, some kind of a consulting business usually, whether that's helping people with careers like Kenneth does, or whether that's helping uh, small businesses, you know, figure out all the cyber stuff and reduce risk and things like that. So that being said, I wanted to, to tap into your brain a little bit, Kenneth, and, and just let's talk about what inspired you to start your own business. And uh, can you share a little bit about that journey from when you kind of had this idea initially to, to where you've gone today? Sure thing, Ken. So initially speaking, I honestly never wanted to start my own business. I thought it'd be a terrible idea. Sounded like a lot of work, which I didn't want to do. Um, but people kept asking me to train them, um, teach them some serious topics over and over again. So initially, I guess I had the idea during COVID. After I graduated, I graduated during um, that spring of 2020. So right when COVID hit, which sucked. Uh, no ceremony, no walking at all. Um, so I was stuck in my parents' home like all summer long, waiting to start my actual career. And my CEO at the time, her name's um, Michaela. She's the CEO of Blacks and Cybersecurity. She reached out towards me. She's like, hey, Kenneth, 
you want to do some swamp training? I'm like, sure, I can make you. I'm like, but who's going to lead it? She's like, you are, Kenneth. I'm like, oh, okay. I'm like, um, I can definitely do that. So that's how I kind of started professional training. That's what kind of sparked my interest in it. Um, and from there, I, I just did training sessions every quarter, basically, over and over again. People really loved it. It wasn't until, I, was, I want to say, last year, that someone told me, they're like, hey, Kenneth, if you actually charge me for it, I would pay you. That's when the idea kind of got sparked in my head. It's like, hey, I might, I might be able to actually turn this into the actual um, business. I did last, so I want to say April, I decided to jump to see how far I could take it. And that's how we started UCA. So from your own experience, what are some of the, the key skills or knowledge that you think someone out there that's aspiring to start their own business, you know, in cybersecurity, like what, what are some of the key things they should have before, or at least develop somewhat before they jump in and start their own business? I would say biggest thing, honestly, is to have thick skin and to have determination. Um, that's probably honestly the biggest thing. There will, there will be months where you don't make any money, right? No one wants to talk to you. You can't sign clients. You can't sign students in my case, right? Um, you can't like drive business. And that's just part of writing a business, right? Um, so having that thick skin, knowing that that's going to happen initially, for the, especially for the startup phase, right? Um, that's probably the biggest thing. Uh, the second biggest thing is making sure you actually do your research. So know what um, your audience is. As you know, Ken, you can't appeal to everybody, right? And you shouldn't. Um, know who you're trying to market towards and know what their pain points and needs are and then try to develop, develop your content towards that and try to serve their needs, right? Always remember, right? Um, you're, you're not the client. Your job is to serve the client, right? So don't make it about you, make it about them. I think that's a big issue most as entrepreneurs have when they first start out. They try to make their client, they try to make their um, content developed around them trying to solve their own needs and not the needs of their actual client, right? Because it isn't about you, your job is to serve them. Um, number three, which is going back to doing your research, prove your concept before you actually drop tens of thousands of dollars into running a business, right? Justin Walsh has like a popular thing about this, like starting your own little MVP. So get like a card page, get like a newsletter, something small, and then test out that concept and make sure it actually works right. Um, because if you've never, if you never, um, for example, like own, like run the bakery before, or bake anything, and you drop half a million dollars to own your own shop, that's not the smartest idea, right? Because you never had, you don't have that experience. So test it out, spend $40 for a small site, try to get some clients and try to get some testimonials from there to see if you can actually prove this proof of concept. But those are some three things I'll probably suggest towards new entrepreneurs in cybersecurity. Well, first off, thanks for crushing my dreams on the bakery, Kenneth. Uh, I've never, I, you know, I, I can't bake, but I was hoping to to spend a half million to start up a bakery. So thanks for crushing my dreams. Really don't appreciate it. Anyways, um, you know, along the same lines, are there any resources? I mean, this could be books. You mentioned Justin Welsh, which a lot of people probably know if they're on LinkedIn or Twitter, uh, but or whatever X, whatever he calls it now, who, who cares about Musk? I don't care about him. Anyways, um, lots of people know my thoughts on that guy. But anyways, are you, like are there any resources that you found helpful, you know, books, courses, YouTube videos, people to follow on social media, just to kind of give people maybe some direction of of where to go to kind of learn like the fundamentals of business? I would say probably Justin Welsh. Um, I think I found him through you, um, through Paul and you can. Uh, he has a lot of great content for starting your own business, especially for startups. He breaks it down very simply, which I like a lot. And then anyone that doesn't follow Ken Underhill, follow him. He's an awesome guy. I've known him since my college days. He gave me a lot of great advice. Um, Checks in the mail, Kenneth. Checks in the mail. 
other other than Ken Underhill, um, I would probably say to try to find a couple of people that match your styles. So for me, one of the people was Grace Chi, who again I met through Ken. Um, so I was on her show one time, and then we kind of got connected. She's been helping me out ever since. Um, I would say probably to join networking groups like Blacks and Cybersecurity or Blacks and Technology in my case. Um, but just try to find your little tribe that people that actually get you and that want to see you could see regardless if it actually helps them or not. Um, and then from there, probably the biggest thing is that you can do as much research as you like, but you ultimately have to get, have to get your hands dirty and try to do something, right? I can read all the self-help books in the world, but if I don't actually try to apply the knowledge that I've gained, it doesn't really matter. Um, so I would say do enough research to make sure you understand your topic and actually try to apply it and then work from there. It may not work. You may catch on fire or whatever, right? But just dust yourself off and keep going. So how does someone identify the, the right niche or, or problem to solve? Like where, you know, if I'm sitting out there as a cyber professional, maybe I've worked in, as an analyst for, for, you know, five years or something like, how do I identify what that, that thing is that I should do? Like, is there a process you followed or you just kind of, you know, I think you kind of mentioned you, you got thrown into it. So thanks, uh, Blacks and Cyber. But, um, you know, for for others out there, is kind of the kind of a process you would recommend for them to find what they're, they should be doing? Yeah. So I would say um, the first thing you do, find something that um, you don't hate doing, you can actually enjoy. If you can't scale up misery. All right. You can make $10 million a year, but you, if you hate your job and hate your life, it doesn't really matter, honestly. Um, so that's the first thing, right? Try to find something that you actually enjoy doing. Second thing, make sure you're actually good at it. So for example, Ken, let's say you're a SOC analyst and you enjoy the internet response process about that. And you're really good at using, let's say, X or Apollo Auto or Splunk Phantom. If that's the case and you enjoy doing that, then try to see if you're able to start to build content around that and try to teach people, train people, consult with people about that, and then go from there. From there, if you have other people that want to help you out or other clients that want to try to um, go over those topics and try to expand out, let's say endpoint security, XDR, SIM, SOAR, um, then you can start to expand out from that. Um, but the first thing I would say is to try to find something that you actually like to do. Second, make sure you're actually good with it. And then third, find that area of people and where they live, right? That may be Facebook. I hope not, but I hate Facebook. It may be LinkedIn, maybe X or Twitter, uh, maybe YouTube, right? Find whatever platform they're on, where whatever areas they hang out in, and then try to go to market towards them from that. What's interesting, just for everyone, uh, a fun fact, even though many security professionals are like, Facebook sucks, it's terrible, oh my God, I want it to burn to the ground. The reality is that's still the number one um, platform for business in the world. So just something to keep in mind if you are looking at at places, yes, you can make money on like TikTok and stuff like that. But again, like Kenneth said, focus on where your actual audience is. Um, people see me. I don't. I don't use Twitter. I deleted my Twitter. I don't use Twitter. Yes, there's InfoSec still on Twitter, but a lot of people left. You know, people are on LinkedIn now heavily. People are going to YouTube. People are on um, uh, what's it, uh, Mastodon or whatever. People are in a lot of other places. So know your audience, like Kenneth said, and know where they live because it makes it so much easier. Like why waste time on Instagram? There's, I mean, sure. Cyber people are on there if that's who you're selling to, but they're not really on there. They're not really, you know, they're, they're not going to buy like Kenneth's training on Instagram. Usually it's coming from LinkedIn or, or wherever. So and we're not going to dive into where Kenneth gets his traffic. Cause I'm not giving you all that secret. So I want to ask, um, you know, we focus on niche a little bit, 
But like, what what were some of the challenges you initially faced as a business owner? And then also, how did you actually get past those? How'd you overcome them? I was the bigger challenge was like not knowing what the hell I was doing. <laughs> um, it was it was hard at first. I go to fire hose like every day. Um, I remember like the first, I would want to say two months. Every day I found out something that I was missing from business, like a business license, tax stuff, right? Accounting, auditing, financial stuff, right? And I had to try to figure it out. So it was very stressful initially. I feel bad for Grace because I I pinged her like at 2 a.m. in the morning. I'm like, Grace, I'm freaking out. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Can you please help me? Um, so like, thank God for Grace for those initial days. Um, but yeah, it was the biggest thing was just like not knowing what you're doing when you're starting up. Thankfully, um, people really like to learn SIM, SOAR, and endpoint solution technologies and other cybersecurity topics. So guarding that business at first wasn't too difficult. It wasn't until we need to start to scale up and increase in prices because, as you know, Ken, right, if you sell something really cheap, right, people don't always take it seriously, and it makes it very hard to reinvest those investments back in your business and make the product a lot better. So as we start to increase our price, um, that's when I ran into the issues of people that want to um, initially pay for it. And that was due to the fact we want marketing that properly. So back last Christmas, I talked to you about this. Um, I've been getting a business coach and I'd have a million dollars to pay you. So I had to find somebody else. Um, and so I met um, Valencia Bennett and she became my business coach and she's been working with me ever since. So getting that um, was probably the biggest thing for us over the past year. She's been a godsend. She's helped to organize a lot of her stuff, group her site, group her marketing editor. Um, and I already made my investment back from her already within like eight to nine months. So it's been going pretty well on that front. And I would definitely say once you get hit like a certain revenue mark, once you're like decently established, um, to try to find like a business coach or business advisor to really help you out to take your business towards that next level. Yeah, one thing I'll add on that is is if you are a, a small business owner out there and you need help here in the US at least, a lot of major cities have what's called SCORE, S-C-O-R-E. Uh, and they'll have mentors that are established business owners or, or you know, people that work corporate in executive roles, and they'll be able to guide you and mentor you. And it's totally free. So if you don't have the money for a a direct business coach like Kenneth had hired, oh, and by the way, my fee's gone up to two million, Kenneth. So it's you know inflation. Um, but you know, if you don't have that, there are a lot of like small business administration here in the U.S. and other countries may have similar types of things. But there's a lot of resources available that are free or low cost to help you at least get the foundations of business in place to, you know, to, as Kenneth mentioned, to get in a position to scale at some point. So the money side of things, you know, there's, you know, Justin Welsh is a good example. He, he's got a low ticket product. So if you're selling high ticket, he's probably not the best person to, to look at for all the marketing ideas and things like that because he's selling a low ticket and he talks a different way to his audience that are looking for a low ticket purchase. And for those that don't know what we're talking about, low ticket is something cheap. Um, for me personally, I define low ticket as something under $1,000 US and really higher than that. But let's just say $1,000 US, um, something higher ticket would be anything like five grand, 10 grand, 50 grand, or 2 million, like I would charge Kenneth for coaching. And so that that's kind of the difference there if you don't know the difference. Now, people have different definitions, so there's no like nothing set in stone, but that's kind of the general idea. Um, Justin Welsh sells like a, I think it's a $150 or $200 course, and that's, you know, a low ticket thing and like a monthly template 
and newsletter and all these things. Um, other people sell uh, like a bootcamp, for example, in cyber will sell like an $18,000 program. That's a higher ticket type of item. So that being said, getting that out the way, there's a lot of these online gurus. Um, you don't see them too much in cyber. Uh, the, although there is one guy and I won't mention him and it's not Kenneth, by the way. So we're not dissing him here, but there's one guy that's on YouTube that will tell you, you can get a GRC job making six figures in a week with no experience and no training and blah, blah, blah. By the way, he's selling you his program. So that's complete BS. You're not going to get a job in a week. So if anyone tells you that it's a lie, Kenneth can get you a job in months, but he actually works with you and gets your skill set up. But other places that are just telling you I can do it in a week, that's a lie. So anyways, I'm getting to my question, I swear. So the question is, you see all these online gurus, they're, you know, give me, give me your money. And then what happens usually with a lot of them is they'll take your money. And then because you're not getting results, they blame you. And then they say, look, just you, you be, it's because Kenneth, you didn't invest in my next level program. Cause, oh man, you need the one-on-one -on -one coaching. And that's the thing, you know, is, you know, hustle around, borrow money from your parents, whatever you got to do. That's what you need. Right. And then it's just a, it's just a basically a pyramid scheme, right? It's, it's, you know, every layer, every time you're not getting results, say, I'll buy my next ex more expensive thing. And that's, you know, and then they run away with your money and you, you're out all this money. You probably gone into debt. So you don't have money for an attorney to go after them. So anyways, how do you specifically Kenneth focus on delivering results to your clients instead of just taking their money? So I'd probably say when we initially start out with clients, I'm very honest with people. You can ask any one of my former clients, students, advisors, judges for ECA. Um, I tell people, if you don't have any experience in IT or cybersecurity, never touch a computer before. Um, our programs are normally six months long. I tell them it's probably going to take you a lot longer to get a job after the program. Now, granted, we will be with you through that entire step, right? That entire process. So it takes you 12 months, 18 months, right? For you to continue to study with us after that, then we'll be with you for that. But I'm very honest with people and say, hey, it may take you a bit longer. And you may have to get a job that's non-cyber at a tech company. Um, so let's say, for example, let's say CrowdTrack, right? Let's say you want to become an response handler at CrowdTrack, but you don't have any IT or cybersecurity background. We will probably tell you, hey, hey, John, you're probably going to have to maybe get a job as a business analyst initially since you had that previous experience in that role at CrowdTrack. After about maybe 12 to 18 months, depending on their policy, you can transfer over to a SAP security role, right? Because I already know who you are. You have that, you already have that um, rep report with that team. And we would basically teach them how to network within the company to try to build that um, Kamari with the engineers and the incident response handlers. So once when the job posting comes up internally, they'll be the first person that comes to mind to try to get hired for that role since they're already at the firm. Now, now if somebody's already, let's say, cybersecurity analyst or engineer, and they go through our program, yeah, granted, it's going to be a lot easier for them to get a job after the program, right? Maybe within a month or two, but they already had that previous experience. So the effort and load they have to take to try to get towards, towards that next level isn't as difficult as, say, the previous person, right? That's the first thing. The second thing is um, our programs are... As of sense right now, they're pretty small classes, so under 15 people. I'm normally able to have that personal relationship with them. Um, and so with my co-instructor coordinator, right? Um, so that's what we normally try to do as well. And for my students that are personally local, I'm very hands-on with them, especially with Hazel. You probably see me post about her if you guys follow me on LinkedIn. So Hazel specifically um, used to be, she was unemployed, right? So after she graduated from UTA, University of Texas in Arlington, she couldn't find a job for six months after college, right? She had confidence issues. She, she didn't have the proper skill set. 
So when we were working with her, um, one of the biggest things was to get her confidence up. So I introduced her towards a lot of my personal network. I took her to different events. And with, with her help, she was, able to, she was able to get a job at Samsung. Um, so those are a couple of things that we try to do with our students. We try to be as hands-on as possible. We try to level set with them. So they're not expecting to get a job within a couple of weeks after the program, because that's not realistic for most people. Um, we try to give them that constant support so they have to reach their goals. So you mentioned one success story. Any other success stories you can share of, of your past students, Kenneth? Yeah. Um, so I, I just mentioned our Courtney Wright. So Courtney Wright is my apprentice. Um, so she was one of my first students and she went to program. And after the first program, I saw her passion, her effort and her attitude. I absolutely loved it. So I personally wanted to give back towards her. I want to teach her everything that I knew about cybersecurity. So I brought her on as my apprentice. Um, so after three months of doing that, so this past, I want to say no. November, December of last year, she got her first cybersecurity role as a cybersecurity consultant with Terravova, I believe. Excuse me. And previously, she was an IT service technician, so think of kind of like help desk. And from there, she was in that consulting room for about four months. I continued to work with her. She taught some of her classes. And one of our um, partners and one of our managers that, work, that works with us, uh, his name is Miles. He works at Expel. Miles saw her passion and energy for it. So he wanted to bring her in for an interview for a SOC position for his company. And I was flying to Tampa that April for a wedding. So before I got on the airplane, we had like a 30 minute um, mock interview session uh, with Courtney. She did great. She was nervous, but I'm like, you're perfectly fine. You're going to kill this. And so um, I was in Tampa for two and a half days. Uh, she did an interview that Friday night. When I'm flying back that Sunday morning, she texted me before I got back on the plane to go back, go back to Dallas. She told me she got that job. Um, so she got a job within 72 hours after, after interviewing. And she's tripled her salary since she's worked with us, I believe. So any uh, any final thoughts or advice for, for someone out there that's maybe thinking about starting their own small business on the side? A couple of things. First off, if you work for a big firm like, like I do, um, make sure you get approved by your firm to try to avoid as much headache as possible. Um, we can talk about the after Ken. Second thing I would say is to make sure you don't overwork yourself to death because running a business can be a lot. So having that profit support group is probably the biggest thing, honestly, that kept me sane for the past 18 months. Um, third thing is, again, please do your research right. Don't shell out thousands of dollars on a product or service if you haven't tested it out yet because you might waste your money. Um, and fourth thing is to take the long view of it. Um, it may not be an overnight success. There are businesses that are like that within a year of making a million dollars, but assume you won't be that rare case. So try to have that long-term view to try to level set expectations with yourself. And those will be my points of advice for people. Thanks for listening to the show. If you're looking to secure your business better or build up your cybersecurity career, then check us out over at cyberlife.tv. That's C-Y-B-E-R-L-I-F-E dot T-V.